When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. I'm Jack Armstrong, he's Joe Getty, we're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome to today's edition of the Rush Limbaugh Show podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Rush 24-7 podcast. It's a day for truth on this day the Lord has made as a gift for us in times such as these. It's a day where El Rushbo might well say, I told you so, and he'd be right again. It's 800-282-2882 if you want to join the program I want to start today with one of Russia's famous axioms, which all of us will remember, as this has never been more relevant to the biggest of possible news stories. The nature of the evidence doesn't matter to the left. It's the seriousness of the charge. That's why we must investigate. The nature of the evidence irrelevant to these people. The seriousness of the charge. And, of course, that's when it's applied against Republicans. And as Russia taught us all these years, when something happens to Democrats or leftists, it's but they had such good intentions. The emails. Fauci's emails. Many people are going to rightly focus on the fact that the Fauci had a good idea that this virus came out of a lab. In other words, it was engineered. And we'll get to that. And there's strong evidence for that. And there has been for over a year. Hidden in these emails, not noticed enough, is something about which Rush also has every right from heaven to say, guys, I told you. That is, the Fouch admits that, and look, for those of us who followed this closely, I just put Tony Fauci on trial in my radio show in Seattle. I I did almost three hours on this where I used his own words and evidence to convict him of things on my radio show. I'm obsessed with this stuff. The National Pulse, Raheem Kassam, dug through these trove of emails, which in defense of BuzzFeed and the WAPO, they finally went and got. We'll deal with them in a second. 
This is Fauci, February 4th, 2020. Kai, uh, error in my statement. I I meant to say most transmissions occur from someone who is symptomatic, not not asymptomatic. I'm really tired, not much sleep these days, best Tony. Probably tired because he's working on his book. Did you hear that? 40% of small businesses in this country destroyed. Suicides with adolescents at record levels. COVID passports for young people to get these mRNA injections in order to attend college. A restructured economy. New powers for the feds. New powers for the government. Economic disaster. Normalization of people giving up their bodily autonomy to wrap themselves in masks, which Fauci also admits do nothing. In the emails, and a lot of us have known that he's known this forever. The asymptomatic transmission of SARS-type viruses has been known to be false for 100 years. And yet that didn't stop them from destroying. Forget the economy. That's, that's everything in mass. People's lives. There are people who are dying today of cancer who would have had a minor visit to the hospital, but they were scared to go because asymptomatic transmission. Anybody can give you the virus. You're literally killing grandma. Phenomenal. Washington Post and BuzzFeed find this out now. And by the way, this is the same Washington Post and BuzzFeed who told us that President Trump was a Russian plant. Where's the discovery on that? Where's the admission and the, the, the apology on that? Where's the apology from the entire Mockingbird media structure? Who never asked a simple question of the Fouch. Simple, like, Tony, what changed? Why did this virus go from you saying, well, if I was a young person, I mean, this would be a great time to take a trip to Italy. To, well, look, you could be literally killing grandma just by, by walking by her in the Walmart. Well, I mean, not Walmart. Walmart's safe from the virus, but a local hardware store. That's, that's what we're discovering in these emails. He knew. To regard to the origin, the Fouch. Alex Berenson has read through the BuzzFeed, Washington Post, FOIA gain materials. Fauci wrote to a staffer. And this, just look at the timing of this. Almost 1 o'clock in the morning, 12.29 a.m. on Feb 1, Saturday, Fauci emailed his deputy, Dr. Hugh Anchenloss, subject line, important, all caps. He attached a 2015 paper from Nature Medicine describing gain-of-function research on coronaviruses, and he wrote this to Hugh. Hugh, it's essential we speak this a.m., Read this paper. You'll have tasks today that must be done. So when you're speaking in the passive voice saying things like you've got tasks that must be done, what you're really saying is I can't say this in email. Remarkable. Fauci's team also in analyzing the virus came back and said this looks like it was engineered is basically what they said. Fauci knew this. Fauci funded 
gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab, which he told Rand Paul he didn't do. Rand Paul had a two-word tweet or three-word tweet. No, it was two. Two words today. Told you. It's, it's, this is the biggest medical fraud in history, and, and I have to be careful because I could spend six days on it. Then there's this. So the vaccine passports, those are being enforced in states like Washington State for kids to go to school. And they're doing, oh, it's just businesses. It's just private businesses. No, it's not. It's at behest of government. On Fox News, David Asher a former State Department investigator, describes all of this really well using art of the bazaar as a metaphor. We lost, you know, seven or eight million people in the world or something, according to The Economist, maybe 12. You know, this is a situation that defies gravity. and It's truly like a Salvador Dali painting where the clocks had melted and time has not stood still. If you think about it, I mean, the scientists have come out and said with definitive authenticity in their voice that they know where it came from, but there's no proof. I've worked in intelligence operations for a large part of my career. I mean, lots of people are told to do certain things and they don't even necessarily know who knows what this guy's motivations are. I mean, he was sending notes to Fauci in mid-January. So was a guy named Christian Anderson from Scripps, who's very famous, who wrote the letter for Nature saying it couldn't have come out of Nature. And we found on February 1st yesterday that he wrote a letter to Fauci, a note to Fauci, that said that this thing was lab-altered and it was genetically engineered. So can you trust these scientists? I don't trust these scientists right now. I trust our national lab scientists. I trust our Army scientists. I don't trust these paid-in-the-pocket by Chinese scientists. I think that President Trump made one mistake, and it was to save American lives. They tried to run him out of town with Russia. They threatened his family. They threatened his businesses. They threatened his reputation and then some. They threatened prison time. They went after his advisors, put people behind bars, ruined lives. Trump stayed on track. Then they came and said, three million Americans are going to die this week. And the president allowed Fauci to become, Fauci acted like he was the president for a while, and the media treated him that way. The entire country is owed a promise because of these lies. The media needs to go straight to Donald Trump on their knees and say, we are so sorry we did this to the country so that we could get to you. Remarkable day in history. Bigger, bigger, far, 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 far bigger than Watergate ever, ever could have been. Now, they're using this to dictate economic changes. Because of the COVID, we need to give money to black farmers, but not white farmers. Because of the COVID, we need to give money to black business owners and marginalized business owners and not white business owners. Because of the COVID, we need to shut down all the government schools and come back with them completely retooled and, and made, made good for the, the education unions, big education unions. Mandates. Because of these series of lies. Just think of this, communism, socialism, Obamacare, all ideas so good that leftists had to force them on people. As Rush explains, the left always seeks to mandate rather than to empower. So whether it's vaccines or whatever, this is what you get when you get liberals who think they know better 
who think you don't know how to raise your kids and who think everybody should have to follow their dictates in order for us to have a uniform society and a uniform culture. And I wish more people would see this and learn from it, be able to identify who these kinds of people are before they go vote. You know, folks, if you just stop and think about it, you don't have to think about it. You know what's happening, which is why so agitated choice is being taken away in big gulps. Look at the choices you no longer have in health care alone. You used to have massive amounts of choice in any number of walks of life. And they're evaporating left and right in favor of mandated controls from the government. The PCR tests were a lie. Led to false positive rates. Led to more lockdowns. Masks were a lie. Asymptomatic transmission was a lie. The CDC changed the death counting methodology, methodology, but only for the COVID to make it appear 80% worse than it was in terms of death. The, the lie after lie on top of lie. Walmart is safe. Local hardware stores a death trap. The media now coming out and saying, oh, well, oh, 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 now we can say. But understand this, that same media and those same bureaucrats, not the same people, but the same sort of bureaucrats, they would never lie when they say, this was the safest, most secure election in history. You want to test that thesis? Ask them this. Which was in second place? No, no, which election was second place? Oh, uh, well, we don't track that. No, you don't. Thank goodness for three decades of a counterbalance named Rush Hudson Limbaugh III. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman, your guide host this week on uh, the EIB Network. Whoa, whoa, I'm just reading through more of these emails and how they relate to the Fouch. We're going to get up here in a second to what's going on in Texas and the lieutenant governor there threatening to defund the legislature. It's another mandate. It's the Democrats saying, no, we mandate that votes, that voting in America be ripe for fraud. We'll dig into that in just a second. Let's talk to Arnold in Florida. Arnold, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. Todd Herman, your guide host this week. Welcome, Arnold. Hi, Todd. Uh, I just, um, I'm a political columnist. I checked the Kaiser Family Foundation website this morning, and I believe as of the date of uh, May 24th, the largest cohort of unvaccinated people in America are blacks and Hispanics. So when you take that reality and mix it with uh, vaccine passports at various events, it's going to look a lot like the uh, the same old Jim Crow uh, brought to you by the same party who brought it to you the first time. Well, and, and it's phenomenal that they get away with this This at the same time as they're saying voter ID is racist. No, but vaccine passports aren't. And, yes, you, it's correct to point this out that black people, Hispanic people, they're, they're, we're supposed to say vaccine reluctant. Maybe there are people who've actually looked at their own bodies and said, OK, I know this is well intended. I know President Trump intended to save lives with this project, but they're starting to understand for young people, we don't need these. There's a high school in Seattle, Skyline High School, that has segregated seating. They're segregating soccer matches and football games and baseball. So for Russia's black listeners, Hispanic listeners, this is exactly right from Arnold. Right. You guys are once again the Democrats saying, hey, here's your seating over here. Remarkable. Thanks for the call, Arnold. Appreciate that. Martin in Tampa, Florida, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. Glad you called, Martin. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me on today, man. And you're doing a hell of a job covering Thank for you. Rush, man. We Thank miss you. him, but 
You're doing a good job. Um, everybody's trying to backtrack where this came from, and we're all pretty sure, you know, it came from that lab, right? But if, uh, you know, Fauci is, he's lying through his teeth. He knows that he funded that research, and he was following that research. So if we funded that re- research, I have it, we're all talking about maybe, uh, you know, uh, seeking some kind of recompense from China if it's proved that it came from that lab. Well, wouldn't that make us culpable if we funded the research? Yeah, it makes us culpable for funding the research. It makes Anthony Fauci, in my judgment, culpable for the entire lockdown, for the 40% of small businesses lost, for the forced restructuring of the economy, for, as we just heard from Florida, now black and Hispanic people disproportionately told you no longer have a place in polite society because you've determined for yourselves, as Rush just warned us about, you're saying no to the mandate. You've determined for your own health that you are risk-reward ratio, better off you know, counting on your, your immune system. So, yes, it does put us on that hook. But let's pay attention who's on the hook. For a year, how is it that a little radio show like mine or – and I'm not alone in this. There's, you know, COVID team reality people that I could name continually. Alex and Berenson gets a great hand on this. How, how is it that we've known for over a year this stuff and all of a sudden the media now can say, oh, now we know because of the emails? It is absolute, absolute proof of deep state. It is. This is deep state now saying, man, we're going to have to somehow admit that this stuff is, is going to come out. We need to get on top of this. So now we've got BuzzFeed and WAPO saying, oh, no, 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 we'll tell the truth now. We promise because democracy dies in the darkness. You kept it dark for a year and a half. Hey, I got an idea, WAPO. How about if you now admit that you um, just suppressed as much evidence about the election as you could. Maybe you could do that. Speaking of the election, and speaking of black and Hispanic people, the, the lieutenant governor in Texas has threatened to defund the legislature because the Democrats there refuse to participate in a vote around simply putting some regulations around elections. And the template set from the media, this is restrictive voting and this is race-based restrictive voting. Just factually on a mathematical basis, funny thing about math, for every illegal immigrant who comes into the country, who is Hispanic or not, let's just, but let's just for the ease of an example, every illegal Hispanic voter negates the vote of a legal Hispanic voter. Math doesn't care about race, right? So they're just simply trying to say, can we have some standards here? And at the federal level, you have Nancy Pelosi and the people who run Joe Biden say, no, we need to mandate that every single state send out ballots to every person who never wants one that has drop boxes everywhere. We can't have ID the same party saying, yeah, you need to have a vaccine passport in order to watch a soccer match. They're saying, but you, we, it is illegal to confirm that you're an American before you vote. Right? It's very simple. Here's my axiom. Ready? Where there's a double standard, there's a hidden agenda. Double standard. COVID passports for a soccer match or a football game or a high school graduation. No voter ID. Double standard, hidden agenda. Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, as they say, is threatening to make Democrat staffers live in the world they're creating for others. There were two parts to this, Bill. The first part is the Democrats uh, are trying to just say, you know what, if we don't like losing a vote, we'll just leave, we'll break quorum, meaning there aren't enough people on the floor to bring a bill 
uh, to the floor, which was Senate Bill 7, about election security and integrity. Uh, so they walked. In fact, not only did they walk off the floor with a few hours to go before the deadline, but I actually got a call from someone asking if they went to an Indian reservation, could the state police come and get them? In other words, they were planning potentially not to come back at all. The reason for the governor's action to say, if you don't come back at all for a special session, we're going to stop your salaries, which are $600 a month for legislators. That's not the key. It's for all their staff. They'd have to fire all of their staff. They, in doing this, are refusing to live in the world they're creating for others. We need to make sure that Democrats and leftists have to live in the world they're creating for others. I beg every black and Hispanic listener of the Rush Limbaugh program, and I and trust me, I'm deeply uncomfortable separating people by, by race. I legitimately, legitimately believe that we're all from one God. And he happens to like our separate colors and melanin levels and all of that. I beg you to come together like parents across the country have to go to school board meetings and read the pornographic, ridiculously sexualized curricula to the school boards and get kicked out of meetings and to let parents hear. This is what they're teaching our kids. That's happening and it's having an effect. It's getting school boards fired. I beg you, black and Hispanic listeners to the Rush Limbaugh program, team up, go in 20, 25 strong to an Apple store and attempt to buy a phone without an ID. And when they demand that you have an ID, scream racism. Scream it. Found an organization, a conservative organization, Phone Free America. Do this at Disney theme parks. Do this at the DNC. You want ID? Why, that's racist. And quote the Democrats, folks, we got to make them live in the world they're creating for others. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. And it is an honor to be here. It always has been. And uh, every time I get to do it, it's... You know what it is? I. How does this happen? How do you get to be in the radio show of your lifelong uh, broadcasting hero? It just it's maybe it's a God thing. Um, I want to be very clear about what I'm saying here and what I'm not saying about this. This hacking of this JBB's U.S. beef plants, which, by the way, is now affecting the global beef supply. One fifth of the global beef supply. We're going to certainly see price increases. So I want to be super clear about what I'm what I'm not saying. I have no idea who did this hack or why, if it's monetary, just monetary, if it's an attack on our on our food supply system, if it's both. Hey, why not make money with a, with an attack on the U.S. You know, food supply chain? Why not make money doing that since we're going to do it anyway? I don't know, and I don't think people know yet. I would just point this out. This just occurred to me because we're talking about the Fauci emails and now, everything that a lot of us have known for over a year because we simply observe things or we talk to the doctors of the Great Barrington Declaration, etc., everything is now being confirmed through these emails. Fauci lied about masks. He lied about asymptomatic transmission. He lied about, you know, not believing this came, that virus was engineered and, and he had reason to believe there it was, etc. That's going to continue to unfold. I want you just to remember something. Never let a good crisis go to waste. So during the, the selective lockdowns, Democrat sweetheart companies saw multiple increases in their net worths. So did Jeff Bezos and and Zuckerberg, etc. The school unions, they've been paid off to the billions and billions of dollars. 
And when there were lockdowns of plants, I heard about a lot of meat plants being locked down. I didn't hear a lot about vegetable plants or soy plants. Maybe that happened. Maybe I didn't hear it. But Democrats picked and choose. Now, Rush, as you know, loved technology. He was so conversant in it. I've talked to Apple engineers who heard Rush talk about their product and thought, wow, this guy likes our product. And then I've heard them say, my gosh, he knows our product. So now Rush rarely did interviews. But when he did, they were stellar and important. Listen here as El Rushbo speaks with Bill Gertz way back in 2017, warning the country about cyber attacks like these. We're going to chat with Bill Gertz, formerly of the Washington Times, now a journalist at large, and one of the, if not the greatest reporter on the Pentagon and the Department of Defense Systems, Uh, National Security of the United States. Folks, it's a historical compendium of many of the challenges we've had with cyber attacks going back years and years from North Korea, from the CHICOMs, cyber attacks we've engaged in, success stories, failures, uh, areas were strong and weak and so forth based on Bill's investigation. As somebody who knows about cyber wars and cybersecurity, how do you, Bill Gertz, I mean, how do you process this stuff? How, how do you react to it? Because you know whether some of this stuff is true, legitimate or not. So what, what, how do you deal with it yourself? Yeah, this is an amazing phenomenon. What we're seeing is what I call information warfare. Um, it's basically uh, the kind of warfare that's going to dominate our society because we live in an information age. And we're under assault from all quarters, not just the Russians, the Chinese, uh, the Iranians, uh, and I, I even uh, put the uh, the liberal left in the, in the kind of domestic information warfare. It's a, a broad-scale uh, assault, and the United States is ill-prepared to deal with it. We just don't have anything that can counteract these this lies and disinformation the way we did during the Cold War. By that, do you mean we don't have secure systems that would block cyber attacks, that we do not have good firewalls, we don't have systems in place to be able to identify these attacks when they're happening and be able to stop them? Yes. We've learned that the Internet is basically a lawless environment, and every time we build defenses, the bad guys find ways around them. The real solution is to go on the offensive, and under Obama, he has done absolutely nothing to counteract massive uh, cyber attacks from the Chinese, now the Russians, and also the the Iranians and North Koreans. Okay, so let's get specifics about the overall vulnerability of our country to all of this increasing cyber warfare. Any details how we have been hit uh, that people don't know? In other words, Chinese, Russian, Iranian, even Israeli success stories over the years. As you have studied all of this, you have any impressions yet on whether how complacent do you think our population has become to threats against our country from foreign actors like Russia, like North Korea? Oh, absolutely. I think North Korea is one of the most dangerous threats, and it emerged as a greater threat under Obama, where he ignored uh, missile and submarine launched ballistic missile developments five nuclear tests. There's been no sanctions imposed on this regime. This is a regime that has been accused of crimes against humanity. 
And here we are in the 21st century, and this regime is allowed to continue. The reason is that the, the Obama administration farmed out its North Korea policy to Beijing. And guess what? Uh, the Chinese communists in Beijing supported the North Korean communists in Pyongyang. And here we sit with Joe Biden's dementia, which I don't say to be cruel. I just point out he is not capable mentally of leading a country installed behind the militarized fence in Washington, D.C., now ignoring what China's doing with death camps and Uyghurs in death camps. We have Hunter Biden. It's on record. It's also speaking of emails. Maybe this is why BuzzFeed and WAPO are excited to target the Fouch is because they know now that the Hunter Biden story is inescapable. So they need to suck the oxygen out of the room. Right. So we have that with the, this administration and the people who run Joe Biden. They're going soft on China in every regard, going soft on Russia in terms of you can have a pipeline. The United States cannot going soft on technology theft from China. We think the solution to technology theft of them stealing our patents and actual technology is to give more money to the government for R&D research. Why? Because the Chinese can't steal from the government. The, I should say the Chinese Communist Party can't steal from the government. We're that dependent on tech. We better go to the private organizations and private companies and say, you need to get better at tech, right? I mean, there are companies who are great at it. I mean, think of this. How often do you rely on your cell phone? Two hours a day? Two and a half? That's the average daily usage for many Americans these days. And that kind of cell phone usage can become expensive. Unless you switch to Pure Talk with a flat $30 per month unlimited talk, text, and 60 gigs of data. When Rush discovered Pure Talk last year, he detailed it for all of us. It went like this. You shop for the best price you can find on insurance, on home mortgages, on vacation travel, maybe even cheeseburgers. I don't know. So why not do the same thing with cellular phone service? Your cell phone number is your own and who you choose for cellular service is all up to you. One company makes such a compelling offer, it's worth thinking about. It's Pure Talk. They offer you unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. And guess what? If you go over on the data, they don't charge you for it. Pure Talk. Compare that monthly price, $30 a month, to your current cell phone bill, and you'll see why it makes sense to change. Now, I don't know what your cell phone bill is, but I would wager you that it's 60 bucks or more, maybe 120, maybe 75 or more. This outfit, Pure Talk, is offering you unlimited talk, unlimited text, and six gigs of data for $30 a month. Now, Pure Talk knows they're in the same business with the likes of AT&T and Verizon and T-Mobile. In fact, get this. They use the same cell towers of one of the big companies that covers 99% of the country. They offer superior service. 100% of the Pure Talk customer support team is right here in America. So you make one phone call to them today, you can start to save money by switching to Pure Talk. All you do is get your cell phone and dial pound 250. Next, you say Pure Talk. It's that simple. You'll save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250, and then say Pure Talk. One of the Pure Talk customer service people be right there on the phone to help you. And by the way, it's legit. $30 a month, unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data. Welcome back to the Rush Limbaugh program. Todd Herman, your guide host. 
this week. Wow, what a day to reflect upon so much of what Rush told us. We started the show with Rush reminding us when it's Republicans, it's not the amount or the quality of the evidence. It's the seriousness of the charge. When it's leftists, it's, but they had such good intent. Sorry, sorry, Tony Fauci doesn't get the good intent excuse. Given these emails, the Democrats in Texas who refuse to be involved in voting on election security, they don't get the good intent excuse. They just don't. The World Health Organization that's trying to disappear the existence. And I, I, can't, I can't make this serious enough. The World Health Organization is attempting to erase from the memory of mankind the fact that we have an immune system. I interviewed a doctor who was one of the founders of the Great Barrington Declaration who was anti-lockdown, completely non-controversial European socialist named Martin Koldorf. And I brought this up to him, that the World Health Organization's pretending that, that, that herd immunity doesn't occur naturally. And, and he said, this, that's the most bizarre thing because he compared it. He said, this is like someone who works in aeronautics, like uh, airplane engineering or, or an airplane pilot saying gravity doesn't exist. It's the human immune system that, that ultimately ends viruses. Or not ends them, but at least makes it inert in, in regards to you know, most people. So the who's they're really focused on some very, very, very important things, like renaming the coronavirus variants with non-stigmatizing Greek letters. That'll save a lot of lives, right? Just like, well, no, actually, I'm wrong. Pretending the human immune system doesn't exist will, in fact, cost lives. But they want non-stigmatizing nicknames. <laughs> Rush created some of the most incredible nicknames in political history. Namaha was clear on what the coronavirus should be called. You know what? The real name for this thing instead of coronavirus ought to be the Wuhan virus. But you know what happens if you call it the Wuhan virus? The left will come out of the woodwork and accuse you of being a racist and a xenophobe. They'll accuse you of trying to tie the virus to the Chicoms. Well, hell's bells, folks. That's where it came from. The coronavirus, you know, COVID-19 came from Wuhan, China. That's where it came from. Now, if it's racist to point that out, then it's racist to point that out. But it's it's something that's that's unavoidable. We, it's, I'm sorry. I've been calling it the COVID for a year now. I'm going back to the Wuhan flu. Just in honor of the Fouch. Maybe that could be the first chapter of his book on life philosophy. You know what I've always said? If you're going to lie, do it in an ambiguous sense in an email by saying things in the passive voice like, Hugh, you're going to have tasks you're going to have to complete. That can be chapter one, how to lie without lying. Now, speaking of nicknames for the COVID flu, I'm sorry, the Wuhan flu. <laughs> you know, hurricanes are politely named in alphabetical order with a country or a region of origin. Joy Behar once suggested that hurricanes be named after those causing political stirs like Palin, Pruitt, Trump, and even Limbaugh. This is Maud Behar on The View today. Now this, well, I don't want to characterize. I just, I just want you to listen to this. This was this morning on ABC's The View. The heat is creating warm waters in the oceans, in the Gulf, wherever, and that is contributing to the intensity of uh, storms like Irma. Why this is the worst storm we've ever seen, etc., has to do with uh, climate change. And people yeah. who deny that, they should start naming all of these next hurricanes after Hurricane Limbaugh, yeah. Hurricane <laughs> Pruitt, yeah. Hurricane Palin, you know, Hurricane Trump. Uh, you hear those brainless wizards in the audience applaud. But I'd be honored if they'd name a hurricane after. Hurricane Rush, 
I would be honored. I could be a great honor, but it'll never happen. <laughs> Hurricane E.I.B., Hurricane Limbaugh, Hurricane Rush, Hurricane L. Rushbaugh. <laughs> Should have happened. Uh, let's take a quick call, not because I want to be dismissive, but because the clock is a ticking. Uh, Christopher Lewistown, Montana. You're on the Rush Limbaugh program. Todd Herman, your guide host. Welcome, Christopher. Hi. Hi, sir. How are you today? Doing great, man. We're glad you called. What's on your mind? So I was doing a little bit of uh, investigating with the whole um, H1N1 and stuff like that. And when I put that in, this new uh, bird flu out of China came up, and it's H1ON3. And it's a bird flu, first time it's ever appeared in humans, and it happened to be a uh, 41-year-old man in China. Was he black and it came... or was he Hispanic? I need race. We need this has to contain race or it's going to get boring. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to get racist or anything like that. Um, <laughs> a wop, you know, let's not go there. Not right. good thing. Um, but uh, it's out of, so this is the uh, origins that they say it came out of. Jensen, uh, Jeng. Zoo province, I guess. I'm pronouncing it wrong. Yeah, I think but because of, the time is our uh, enemy here, I think what you're saying is this is now we're being told this is going to jump from humans. And are you going to say to us, isn't this interesting that this is coming out of China too? Yes. Yeah. You know, we had our first case of uh, the China flu that yeah. went from bats to humans. Now we're having a one-of-a-kind bird one that – Goes over to humans now, too, that's never done it before. Yeah. Well, at least we know we can count on Tony Fauci, right? I mean, in this case, Christopher, at least we know we've got that. Now, I just I can picture Fauci now hearing this on Russia's show or his people telling him they're talking about the the bird. Okay, someone. Is there a way to can you get Hillary on the phone and have her bring me some of that? What's it called? The bleach bit or no, the cloth. I want the cloth. Tony Fauci. No, it's Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. You know, the economy of Biden's handlers is getting so distorted economically that after more than a year of being forced out of work, many Americans refuse to go back to work because Biden's handlers will pay them more to stay home. Here's a small taste of what we'll explore next hour from Rush's Archives of Wisdom, available to Rush 24-7 at RushLimbaugh.com. The government cannot create jobs. The government can only destroy wealth. The government cannot create it. The government doesn't produce diddly squat. You cannot grow an economy by taking money from one segment of it and transferring it to another. That's not growth. That's simply redistribution. And generally, it rewards people who aren't doing anything, so there's no productivity whatsoever. We'll explore that next hour. Plus, this may be, well, that's, it's always that. It's become far too important. Supreme Court is both too important and not important enough. It's not important enough in that Democrats just want personalities and intersectional alliances and grievances. They don't care about originalism or even, frankly, people's lawyering or judging. They just care about, check this box, and too important in that one justice can say, ah, I think the founders hated guns, and so I vote against the Second Amendment. This is going to be one of the most consequential SCOTUS sessions that's existed. So it's going to be a huge test 
for two of the justices President Trump placed on the court. We'll talk about that next. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For $20 a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my cell phone company, Pure Talk. You'll get the same quality of service as AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, but for half the cost, the average size family saves almost $1,000 a year, all with no contracts and no activation fees. You can keep your cell phone number and your phone or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values, who supports our military and veterans, creates American jobs, and refuses to advertise on fake news networks. Go to puretalk.com slash clay to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash clay. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on prize picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less. Every time you play, you pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance, so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match up to $100. Download the prize picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. What an incredible honor to be with you on this program, on this network that you helped this team build. It is a day the Lord has made as a gift for us. I am grateful for it, even in times such as these. We do have unique responsibilities in times such as these. We're not the first generation to face the onslaught of tyranny. Far from it. We're the first to see it accelerated in the way it's been accelerated, given technology and social media and the willing willingness of Mockingbird Media members to dive straight into 
um, absolute tyranny. And many know not what they do. Some do know. You know what you want to say. It's 800-282-2882. Super easy to um, understand the dynamics of an abusive household for people who've lived in one. Right, And we're living in an abusive household in some ways with the leftists and what they're doing to the country, and particularly what they're fixing to do to the Supreme Court. Abusive households, often the uh, the abuser is completely unpredictable. You know, one day it's perfectly fine if a kid eats breakfast sitting at the couch watching TV. The next day, that's going to get you slapped up in the back of the head. It's perfectly okay some nights if... Wife wants to go out and have dinner with friends other nights. It's going to get you a slap in the back of the head. It's perfectly okay. If a husband decides he wants to have a football game, friends over in the cave, sometimes that'll get you broken dishes or a slap upside the head. It's, it's tyranny, as Mark Stein has said, is always capricious. We're about to see the Supreme Court, if they're willing to stand up to the tyranny of emotionalism. See, the left in seeking to place intersectional partners onto the Supreme Court based upon their race and, and, and gender, et cetera, or vice presidents, so-called, because of their gender, not because of their capabilities, likability, smarts, honesty, achievements outside of just forcing themselves to gain power. When you wrap people up in race and gender, you're creating an abusive circumstance. Not, not, not because they're going to be abusive, but because... You're creating the same dynamic. See, in an abusive household, everybody tiptoes around the abuser. Don't make them angry. Don't give them a reason. They're a ticking time bomb. Now, it's a little bit of a different dynamic when you're talking about race and gender and intersectional allies, but don't appear racist. Don't appear that you want black people to have trouble voting or Hispanic people getting into the country. Don't make them angry. This plays into the heads, I think, of far too many Mockingbird media members. Don't report on that. That could anger them. Leslie Stahl had this experience when she reported on uh, people who had identified as transgender and and in two meetings went and got medically terrible advice, you know, surgeries and hormones. And now she's being told, you have abused us. Supreme Court is going to hear some of the most consequential cases that are ever going to happen. For instance, once again, Obamacare which was blatantly unconstitutional to begin with. Want me to count the ways? Well, it originated in the Senate, not the House. It was a spending bill. They went to the Supreme Court saying it was a fee. There were no taxes. John Roberts said, no, a fee is a tax, which it's not. Therefore, that was the first time he pretended it was constitutional. Second time, John Roberts pretended that Washington, D.C. was a state. It's not a state yet. God willing, it will never be a state. Those are the two times John Roberts pretended it was constitutional. Why? Well, Maybe one day we'll know. Or this. Can a Catholic church-affiliated group in in Philadelphia participate in a foster care program because they don't recognize same-sex unions? What does one have to do with the other? Can't that group practice its faith and do adoptions for people whom they can do adoptions? 
Uh, We'll see what the Supreme Court says about that. Or this. In Arizona, can ballot harvesting be a crime? Well, wait a minute. It says in the Constitution that the elections for federal office will be handled by the legislatures of the various states. Arizona can do what it wants to do. So we're going to have a contest here to see how original and how beholden to the Constitution are Amy Coney Barrett and, and Brett Kavanaugh. We're going to find that out. Right? And many, 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 many people see the court as just having six conservative and three liberal-minded individuals. So how the rulings will play out, how will Amy Coney Barrett's presence impact these decisions? Remember, she joined the court late last October, and here's Rush after her swearing in. Amy Coney Barrett threw down the gauntlet last night in her acceptance speech at the White House after having been sworn in as the newest Supreme Court Associate Justice. What an incredible statement, what an incredible speech that was. Now on to Amy Coney Barrett. NBC News last night devoted 50 seconds, less than one minute, to the Senate confirmation vote and her swearing in. CBS News devoted 50 seconds to Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation vote and swearing in. ABC News devoted zero seconds. There was absolutely no coverage on ABC of Amy Coney Barrett being sworn in or of the historic Senate vote. Every law student in this country ought to have to watch it. Every other person, for that matter. It's as clear, powerful, and easily understandable description of the job differences and duties of the legislative and judicial branches that you will find anywhere. In clarifying these roles, she has put the left on defense. They cannot argue with her, so now they're going to continue to attack her, and they are. They are threatening her. Donang Dick Blumenthal of Connecticut claiming there will be consequences. He threatened her for daring to accept the vote one week prior to an election. Man, are these people, they're just flat out mean and vicious. The supposed Democrats of compassion and love and tolerance. I'm going to tell you what's happened, folks. President Trump has exposed Democrats as haters of successful working mothers and successful black men. That's exactly what he has exposed. The Democrats hate successful working mothers. They hate successful black men. Given the vitriol directed at Justice Barrett by the Democrats, I think it's fair to ask, why do Democrats hate working mothers with children of color? She has two children of color. She got seven kids, two adopted from Haiti. Why do they hate her? Same token, why do Democrats hate Clarence Thomas? Highly educated, successful black man, now the dean of the Supreme Court. I mean, playing by their rules, the reason Democrats hate Justice Barrett and Thomas is because they're misogynist and racist. They can't believe, they can't believe that this court's now 6-3 conservative. They can't believe that Justice Roberts has been uh, eliminated now as the power behind the court to fix things. It's 6-3 conservatives now with Amy Coney Barrett 
We have a couple of sound bites. Here's the first one. It is the job of a judge to resist her policy preferences. It would be a dereliction of duty for her to give in to them. Federal judges don't stand for election. Thus, they have no basis for claiming that their preferences reflect those of the people. This separation of duty from political preference is what makes the judiciary distinct among the three branches of government. This separation of duty from political preference is what makes the judiciary distinct among the three branches of government. The judiciary is not political. It's the only branch of the three which isn't, not supposed to be. She said federal judges don't stand for election. Thus, they have no basis for claiming that their preferences reflect those of the people. And they shouldn't. Here's the next bite. My fellow Americans, even though we judges don't face elections, we still work for you. It is your Constitution that establishes the rule of law and the judicial independence that is so central to it. The oath that I have solemnly taken tonight means at its core that I will do my job without any fear or favor and that I will do so independently of both the political branches and of my own preferences. I love the Constitution and the Democratic Republic that it establishes, and I will devote myself to preserving it. That's Amy Coney Barrett in her acceptance speech. The whole thing was just fabulous. It was fantastic. And it is something that every student should be forced to read and to understand. Because it was the single greatest explanation of the role of a judge in the American political system today that I have ever heard. And as a counterbalance to that, the so-called governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, has a preference. She wants people who want to be medical professionals in her state to have to go through what's called implicit bias training. In other words, to be taught that they're racists, even if they're not racist, even if they've never given a racial preference in their life, they're still racist. That is, if they're white or Asian and white adjacent or a white Hispanic, not a Hispanic Hispanic or a white Greek, not a non-white Greek. See, when you start twisting language around the idea that words only matter because they can bring about ends you enjoy, that's where you end up, such as critical race theory in the schools, which, thank goodness, there's governors pushing back against. We'll get into that much more as we continue. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network, and maybe he's talked about this before. I've never heard him talk about it. The Hill is reporting that Senator Cory Booker has just now, <laughs> uh, at least this is the first time I've heard of it, that Cory Booker is, oh, yeah, I just remembered that back in the day, a cop pulled a gun on me and accused me of stealing my own car. I, I, I would think we might have heard of that before. I think I've had guns drawn on me once by cops, and they had, like, I guess good reason to do it. They thought we were robbing a 7-Eleven. We weren't the ones. We were actually reporting the guy trying to break into the back door of a 7-Eleven. But the uh, the guy who ran the 7-Eleven late at night was confused and scared. And you better stay there. So we stayed in the car. And the police came. And like a like an idiot, when the police pulled up like a 
just blooming fool. I knew better. I got out to go talk to them, and yeah, they drew guns on us. Thank God they didn't shoot us. Maybe that's my white privilege. That's what I'd be told anyway. And when we're looking at the left, there's this thing Saul Linsky said, never let your opponent up, never let him strategize, keep changing tactics. One of the tactics right now is critical race theory in the schools. And this teaches kids that they're racist or racist adjacent if they're white or Asian, etc. It's a mishmash of ideas that comes down to this. It's a religious faith that takes on its head, like constructive religious faith, just completely flips it upside down. The new original sin is being born white. Unfortunately for you, there's no way towards redemption other than joining the people who say you're a racist because of your skin color. You can't ever become unracist, but you can become an anti-racist. What's an anti-racist, you ask? Why? An anti-racist is someone who admits that all white people are racist. Now you're anti-racist by saying, see all those people over there? They're racist because of the color of their skin. Now you're an anti-racist. Just like in intersectional politics, there's this thing called bioessentialism. Have you heard of this? Bioessentialism. This is just like people who are accused of having genital preference. If you're a gay person and you are sexually attracted to people of the same sex, if you won't have sexual relations with people of the opposite sex, that's because you are a bigot with your genitalia preference or bioessentialism. Never let your opponent rest. Never let him up. Keep changing the nature of truth. This is what's landing in our schools. Thank goodness Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis and Christy Nome and others are pushing against this even as so-called governors like JNC in Washington State forced this into the schools. Let's talk to Ethan in Huntington, Kansas, 17 years old. Welcome to the Rush Limbaugh program. Ethan, Todd Herman, your guide host. Glad you called. Welcome. Hi, Todd. How are you? Doing great, man. You sound calm, cool, collected, ready to perform. I'm glad you called. Thank you. <laughs> yes, sir. I was just, I, I've, I've been wondering about this for a few months now. The Democrats, they they're pushing their socialist and their Marxist regime. And there have been so many times throughout history that other countries have tried to go that way for their country. And it's failed miserably every time their countries have ended up destroyed. Do the Democrats want to just genuinely destroy the United States of America? Or is is there something in their head that's clouding their mind that they think it's the actual right thing to do? Well, let's, let's explore this together. For whom did socialism fail? And for whom did communism fail? Uh, The biggest one would be uh, Russia or the Soviet Union. Okay, so within Russia and the Soviet Union, right, there's there's not just – there's not – all people aren't the same, right? So for whom did communism and socialism fail in Russia, and for whom did it succeed? It it succeeded for um, the leaders of the Soviet Union because they got what they wanted, and then it it failed for the people who were against it, the the working class – and that, and it just hurt them. I see. So what you're saying is tyranny is helpful for people who are in power because they gain more power and more. What else do they gain? Uh, wealth, um, position, higher position. Right. So right. you're unpacking your own question, aren't you? You're answering your own question, right. aren't you? All right. right. So... Now, let me ask you a question because you're 17. Do you do you go to school right now? Yes, sir. I just uh, finished my junior year. In high school, I assume? Yes, sir. Okay, and are they pushing – I mean, you're in, you're in Kansas, Huntington. I assume it's relatively um, conservative. But are they pushing critical race theory in your schools? 
I actually uh, go to our private church Christian school, ah. so I have a really good environment to work with there. Well, see, now, Shia, I should have known that because in our Socratic inquiry, you succeeded beyond my imagination. So let me ask you this. Um, no, you did. I think that's I think that's fantastic, and I could sense that from you. So let me ask you: When you see young people falling, for, for instance, when are, are, what what race are you? Let's bring race into the conversation and try to gin up some controversy together. I'm I'm white. Okay, because we only take calls from white people. I learned that from the Chicago mayor, where she said she only does one-on-one interviews with black and brown journalists. So. I'm kidding. We'll take calls from anybody. But Ethan, let me ask you this: when 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 you when you see young people being convinced that calling a group of people calling all white kids racist, when you see them convinced that that is actually being an anti-racist, how do you respond at your age? You're a smart guy. How do you respond to all white people are racist, and that's not racist to say that? I, it, it to me it doesn't even it doesn't even make sense. It just call, uh, calling uh, every person who's who's not of color racist. Just that that's like that's a group that's a inaccurate grouping of an entire race. So I, I want to suggest something to you because of your youth and your ages. I want you to invite people because you're going to go to college. I assume you want to, although you'll have to get to, you know, you have to deal with the liberals, et cetera there. I want you to right. get good at inviting people to live in the world in which they are creating for this. So, for instance, when you go to college and you have a white student say, well, you need to check your privilege. You know, it'd be great if you would uh, create a form you could hand to them, which is they resign their position in college and demand that their parents appoint all their monies to a student of color. And you say, hey, just sign this. Uh, I'll have the money transferred. We'll have a student of color take your place. Would you do that for the EIB audience and have that form ready to just hand out to other students saying, here you go. You can fix your privilege right now. Just resign from college and have your parents. Okay, you do that. I would do that. I have hope. I do you want to be in politics when you grow up? Please say no. No, I don't. What do you want to do? Um, I feel like uh, God, He's called me to preach, and I knew I'm, it. I'm going to be a minister of the gospel. I'm going to I go knew to it. college for counseling, man, and uh, just do what the Lord tells me to do. Woo! I can sense it in you, man. I can sense it in you. Well, look, there is a a role for everybody. There's lots of ways to fulfill God's mission. One of them is certainly that and the the, the pursuit of that. I sure appreciate you joining us, man. I felt like sometimes the news is so bad that to hear from you, Ethan, uh, just gives me a great sense of uh, we might even be okay in the future. Thank you for being on Rush's program. Go with God's good grace. And everybody, just reflect upon now again three decades There's a 17-year-old young man still being impressed by Russia's wisdom. It's Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Now? (laughs) Oh, just talking about our love of live radio during the break. Just got um, Team EIB. Just so phenomenal what's been built over three decades here. I hope you guys just recognize what this team has done and continues to do. And, and by that, I mean, by extension, that of course includes you and me as a, as a rush fanatic who helped build this all these three decades. We are just talking about our love of live radio and the fact that I'm speaking things to you. Not the mistake I just made. Thought we were coming back. It wasn't time. Live radio is magic that way. 
And I don't think it can ever be replaced by podcasting, which is huge. But the fact is, my thoughts go into this microphone, and sometimes they're scrambled or sometimes they're spot on. And you guys feel that. And I love that so much about this medium. We were sharing one of Russia's axioms that for Democrats, when they're going after Republicans, it's the seriousness of the charge, not the quality of the evidence. And that's that's true across the board. And then when it's the Fauci thing or now we see Biden is overseeing two hackings of our of our you know critical food uh, supply chains. And we see that he's destroying the economy with handing out money on a race based basis. All that's Democrats say, well, but he's got good intentions and they're going to perhaps adopt that grace for Tony Fauci. His intentions were good when he lied to everybody about the lockdowns and masks, etc. Then I shared one of my axioms. But there's a double standard, there's a hidden agenda. So look at what's going on in this pipeline business. Joe Biden, the people who run him, said to Russia, okay, go ahead, build your pipeline, lower gas prices in Russia, there you go. When they said to America, no, no, we're canceling the Keystone Pipeline. We're going to raise gas prices. Now, they're coming across and suspending all oil and gas leases in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, and at the same time, freeing up Russia, to lower their gas prices, double standard hidden agenda. So what's the agenda? You know, uh, 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 under my plan, uh, 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 prices for uh, uh, get, get gas and oil get necessarily skyrocket. Gee, I wonder who's running Biden. Such a mystery. The Maha told everyone in October 2020 what Joe Biden's bosses would do to the oil and the beef industries. Here comes Biden saying he's going to destroy the oil and gas industries. Let me explain how that is going to happen because the the Biden team and the media are saying that's a biggest exaggeration. He's not going to destroy the oil and gas. Yes, he is because that's what the Green New Deal is. Now, Trump, during the debate, mentioned that Biden supports spending $100 trillion on climate change. And Biden is shaking his head, he's laughing, and he's shaking The guy's a nut. He's trying to convey Trump don't know what he's talking about. But Trump is right on point. He just didn't identify what the hundred trillion is. That's the Green New Deal, folks. And that's exactly what it's going to cost over X number of years. It's it's no different than Biden saying that he's going to raise taxes four trillion dollars, but only on the rich. But that's not possible because Biden then says He's going to cancel the Trump tax cuts. Well, if he cancels the Trump tax cuts, then the middle class, the upper middle class, the lower middle class are all going to get a tax increase, not just the rich. It's the same thing as Biden saying, yeah, $100 trillion on climate. He's crazy. You know what he's talking about? Yes, he does. You're going to spend $100 trillion on the Green New Deal. The Green New Deal wipes out fossil fuel, wipes out oil and gas. That's what it does. Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, the gang, whatever they call themselves, and Bernie Sanders, these are the people pushing this agenda. And that's exactly what the upshot of it's going to be. And when it comes to the oil industry, by the way, that is America's number one energy source. Because Biden's saying he would be shutting down the oil industry, not just fracking. He was going to shut down the whole oil industry. Biden's out there tree-hugging and everything, and Obama, or Trump, is rather playing the, the role of the adult in the room. 
And make no mistake, this was a big deal. Biden did promise to shut down the oil industry, not just fracking and not just fracking on federal lands. That's how he tried to slither out of this last night. No, no, no. I just meant fracking on federal land. No, he's not just shutting down fracking. They want to shut down the oil industry. That's what the Green New Deal does. That is the foundation of the Green New Deal, is shutting down the oil industry, fossil fuels. We don't have anything to replace it, folks. We don't have an industry of energy that will get big commercial jets off the ground, cargo or passenger. We just don't. We are a long ways from it. We don't have anything, anywhere near anything, to replace oil. I mean, it was a big moment. And there's Trump saying, remember what you just heard, Pennsylvania, Texas, Ohio? Remember that, America. Well, I'm just telling you, do you think Putin would not love it if we got rid of petroleum? Which is what Biden claims we're going to do. We're going to close the oil and gas industry. We're going to end fracking. We're not just going to end fracking. We're going to shut down oil and gas. No wonder Putin's in favor of Biden. If only there was a clue. An email trail, such as the Fauci emails, that the Mockingbird media could traipse along, picking at the breadcrumbs of truth. Oh, look here. The big guy, Joe Biden, went to a meeting with his kids' business partners from Ukraine and Russia. And Hunter? With his only meaningful experience in petroleum being petroleum-based crack pipes, getting money. Now, isn't it fascinating that we've got the Fauci emails out, FOIA requests, Washington Post, BuzzFeed. We had, let's see, the Bill Gates was a pervert with employees thing. The Fauci, but not the Hunter Biden stuff. It's so weird. Right? You gotta be able to count on things. You gotta be able to count on value. I guess Hunter brought value, but this fake value. We want real value, like oil and gas. Like this EIB sponsor stands out for the value it brings you. It's Pure Talk, cell phone company. Pure Talk gives you a monthly thirty dollar charge for unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just thirty bucks. That's likely a big savings from your current bill. This is the company Rush recommended and for good reason. They provide the same level of coverage of one of the big three characters, but for less. And when you switch to PureTalk, you can keep your same phone number while saving all that money. Rush has the details. Hey, folks, there's one sure bet that you can make this year, and that is you're going to use your cell phone more than you did last year. That translates to bigger cell phone bills. You're going to be paying more for it unless you are proactive and do something about that. This is why so many people in this audience are switching their cell phone service from one of the big providers to Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers you unlimited talk, unlimited text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't charge you if you go over your six gigs of data. Now, you compare that monthly price, 30 bucks a month, to your current cell phone bill. Just compare it. Your current cell phone bill, I mean, I would, I'd have to make a guess, but 75 80 bucks depending on how many lines and phones you have. Don't know what it is, but 30 bucks a month for unlimited talk, unlimited text, 
six gigs of data. Now, here's the real icing on the cake. Pure Talk uses the same cell phone towers as one of the biggest cell phone service providers in America. They focus on providing great service and support with every Pure Talk employee located in the U.S. From your cell phone, do this. Dial pound 250 and say Pure Talk. Get started. You'll save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250 and say Pure Talk. Just pick up your phone right now. Pound 250 and say Pure Talk. Guess what? Somebody from there will answer and you're off and running. This is great um, trick people in power play that this, oh, it's, it's our national economy. It's so complicated. They just sit down and we'll handle it and just shut your pretty little mouths. We'll handle it. We may have a $200 trillion, you know, official off the books debt, $300 trillion off the books debt, but you just don't worry your pretty mouths. It's so complicated because we've got these countries we work with and, and the separate forms of the economy, et cetera, and it's very complicated, and there's hyperinflation, and there's just inflation, and sometimes there's recessions, and then it's not quite a recession, and it's so hard, and please don't even try to think your pretty mouths can even talk about it. Then there's this. In what sphere of existence do people who have no money have money to hand to others? That states has become a debtor nation. And yet Joe Biden and the people who run him, six trillion here, six trillion there, handed out on a race based basis. But that's not racism, mind you, that's anti racism. Because that form of racism is looped back on itself now. It's anti racism. Right? It goes back to double agendas and or you know, double standards and hidden agendas. Or it just goes back to, hey, we got to get our people paid, man. We're running out of money in the Treasury. Larry Kudlow, former director of the National Economic Council of the United States, stated what's obvious to us on Fox News yesterday, that Biden's spending isn't about growth. It's about redistribution. This is not about growth. This is about redistributionism. This is about something called equity or social equity. And my thought is, yeah, you know what? We will all be equally poor. That's what's going to happen here. So they want to make this economy look like Bulgaria before the wall came down. The trouble is, what do you get for it? What do you get for all these social and economic and green changes? You get nothing. All this so-called equity stuff gets you nothing. Nothing. The only way to help middle class people is to grow the economy rapidly. Prosperity solves everything. We had it during the Reagan years. We even had it during the Clinton years, who basically followed Reagan's policy. We had it during the Trump years. We did not have it during the Obama years. So my solution is don't do it. Don't go there. And yet they're going there, as Rush points out. Except for the blatant racism of Biden's handlers giving out printed and borrowed money based upon race, none of these orgies of spending are actually new. How many more of these examples, how many more of these experiences are we going to have to go through? Went through FDR. We went through LBJ. We've been through the New Deal, the raw deal of Clinton. We've been through the Great Society. We've been through the war on poverty. We've been through the Soviet Union. We've been through Cuba. We have been through China. We've been through Venezuela. It doesn't work. When? When, I ask. The heavens. When are people going to realize? I'm talking about smart people. I'm not talking about the dunces. There are plenty of those out there. But when are intelligent people going to re- I've always said, well, not always, 
if people just start looking at Democrats and Republicans ideologically, and wherever you see a liberal run the other way, don't vote for one, and 9 out of 10 Democrats, 99 out of 100, 999 out of 1,000 Democrats are liberals, why would you vote for one? Especially after all of this. Does anybody think, I'm asking, does anybody think we would be in this much debt? Remember, it was the war on poverty. Funny thing, poverty has not changed a bit. The poverty rate hasn't changed a bit, but that was the unachievable target then. Now, it's a war on whiteness, which is, in fact, a non-existent phenomenon because no one talks about blackness. It's just the excuse has changed for spending the money. That's just it. Now, oh, we're going to attack whiteness. Dave in Minneapolis, Minnesota, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. Todd Herman, your guide host this week. Dave, welcome. Turn down your radio, my friend. Yes, it is. Uh, hi, Todd, and uh, eternal ditto to Rush. Thank you. Uh, I've been hearing all this stuff about whiteness. I happen to be a white guy, and Uh-oh. I don't see a whole lot of white. I don't see a whole lot of. But how white are you, honestly? But how white are you? Full blown Swedish on my dad's side, uh, German Irish on my mother's side. All right, so, so let's let's I'm just be white. careful to not give you too much time here because that's really white. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh well, you know. It strikes me as we're hearing about, you know, whiteness this and whiteness that. The only people who are really concerned about whiteness at all are woke liberals and actual white supremacists. So congratulations, liberals. You have joined up <laughs> with the Aryan nation. You're, you're far more in league with the Aryan nation than I ever have been. I, I invite people to do this, that, that I am really trying to animate myself towards solutions, Dave. And uh, this is one of my solutions, is when you hear discussions of whiteness, I beg you to do this in the workplace. And it may lead to your firing, but then again, you will have done something a guide host recommended on the Rush Limbaugh program, and that's 10 minutes of fame right there. So that's worth it. Is in a discussion about whiteness, be the person raising your hand. I promise you I'll do this. And, and my employers know this. So that's why I don't get invited to HR meetings anymore. But I will be the guy in the back saying, yeah, I do have a question right here. So we're talking about whiteness. When are we going to talk about blackness and Asianness and Hispanicness? When are we going to do that? Because if races have attributes, races have attributes. And I want to know when we're going to do that. You must, we must put ourselves in a position of becoming comfortable being uncomfortable. And that is to put ourselves in uncomfortable circumstances like that. I contend And I will to the day I die that free speech can save us from an assault on our freedom because showing the absurdity of things. We will talk about the absurdity of this attack on police, defunding the police, dig deep into that, which with much of Russia's wisdom as we continue on the program. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Reminder that all of the three decades of Rush's wisdom is still available at Rush 24-7, RushLimbaugh.com. And as you dig through that, you dig through American history. You dig through, in fact, the way things were covered by the Mockingbird media and the way they ought to have been covered. We come back next hour. I'm going to tell you the percentage increase in cops killed in the line of duty last year. And how much that went up in comparison to the previous year. And we'll talk about why. I'm going to tell you from the separate country of 
Washington State and the separate country of Oregon and California, I'll let you know some of the dynamics of depoliced cities. Here's one of them. That when the EMS people, emergency response people, firemen, you know, you get it, paramedics, when they respond now to save lives, they have to take a quick response team, a QRT with them, cops, to surround them and form a perimeter. My friend Katie Davis Court has an exclusive story at the Post Millennial about this. We'll talk about the true human effects of this. And we'll go back and listen to Rush. Has he warned us so often about all of this and what the hate group Black Lives Matter Incorporated meant and means? In fact, Rush took a phone call from a black cop who may well represent a lot of black voices the media ignores. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For $20 a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my cell phone company, Pure Talk. You'll get the same quality of service as AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, but for half the cost, the average size family saves almost $1,000 a year, all with no contracts and no activation fees. You can keep your cell phone number and your phone or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values, who supports our military and veterans, creates American jobs, and refuses to advertise on fake news networks. Go to puretalk.com slash clay to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash clay. Look, I'm a two-way guy. Second Amendment, all about it. I appreciate the sport of shooting. I appreciate marksmanship. I appreciate the right to bear arms and to defend oneself. I also respect the craftsmanship of a well-made firearm at a phenomenal price. My first career out of college put me in parts of the world where, you know what, I had to have a firearm to protect myself. Years later, I keep myself trained and in shape with my firearms. Going to the gun range with my brothers on the weekend, that's a regular event for us. It's a great time to come together, and it helps keep our skills sharp. So if you're a firearms enthusiast like me, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. They offer a wide range of premium calibers at a fraction of what the competition does. How does Bear Creek Arsenal do it? There's no middleman fees. That's how. 
I own one of their AR-15s. It is an incredible firearm. They know what they're doing. Discover Bear Creek Arsenal. Go online to bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. That's bearcreekarsenal.com slash B-U-C-K. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code for 10% off your first order. You're going to be amazed at the incredible quality of their firearms and the unbeatable price. BearCreekArsenal.com slash Buck. Use the name Buck to get that 10% off your first order. It is an honor to be here with you. Always has been, always will be as long as we get to do it. It's 800-282-2882. And on this day, the Lord has made a reflection upon the truth and the ability to see it and feel it in which God is implanted it in us in my judgment through the is is very present in us and it's so useful in times such as these only people who are insane or have been made insane um through the process of politicizing everything can think that a society can survive with no rules now I don't see people saying, let's defund the rules. I hear people saying, let's defund the cops who enforce the rules. Again, it is so axiomatic of politicians and power seekers that they couch things in language complicated. Just imagine a football game with no referee. It becomes what? A fist fight in about three seconds. Same with a hockey match. What do you call See, I did not grow up on hockey. That's my, it is my loss. Hockey game. Without referees, things devolve. The very notion of defunding the police shows that that truism applies to normal life. And God gave us a sense of things that, hey, you know what? Someone needs to keep the peace. There need to be people who are of good virtue. And of honesty and of an ability to be harsh when needed and gentle when needed. There's this, I always twist this phrase, but there's a Hebrewic statement. When one is lenient, when one should be firm, one will eventually be cruel, when one should be kind. Cops are the last line of defense so often. They end up not being cruel, but having to deal in cruel ways with people who are otherwise non-controllable. So we have people saying, let's pretend there's rules, but no one to enforce them. Defunding the police. Real live responses to this. And then I want to give an idea to state AGs who are Republican and governors who are Republican. Listen to these statistics from spectator.org. In 2020 alone, I would add during the Black Lives Matter incorporated effort to get cops killed. With a good hand from who were referred to as told to refer to as the vice president, Kamala Harris, raising bail funds for them. In 2020 alone, 264 police officers were killed in the line of duty. That is a 96 percent increase from 2019. Now, almost a hundred percent increase in one year. And you have cops laterally transferring out of these cities and quitting and retiring early. Seattle, from from hence my radio show emanates, is down to policing levels not seen since the 80s. You're on your own in these cities. You really are. State AGs who are Republican, governors, 
hear me. There's this effort to remove qualified immunity from cops, which is basically make it easier to charge them with murder, as has been done in Washington State in this absolute clown show by this guy named Sideshow Bob Ferguson, who traipses around calling himself an AG when he's really just a political apparatchik. Some cops put a spit hood on on a guy who was very, very violent. It took men, three men, 20 minutes, grown men, 20 minutes to do this guy. They put a spit shield on, and they're saying that was murder. Oh, he had high levels of fentanyl and meth in his system. But they'll ignore that part. Charging three cops with murder for doing their jobs, while Jay Inslee and Sideshow Bob and Gavin Newsom and Kate Brown in Oregon and Billy de Blasio in New York refused to do their jobs. And what do we see? A 96% increase in cops killed in the line of duty. Now, here is a retired New York Police Department lieutenant, Darren Porcher. And I'm willing to bet he's done more for black lives in his career than any and every boss of Black Lives Matter Incorporated have in their careers as domestic terrorists. When you look at cities like New York City and Chicago, we have democratically elected mayors that have been on board with this defund police movement. However, they've experienced the most meteoric rise in crime that we've ever seen in a long time. So it begs the question of how effective is the defunding police movement? And we clearly see the results have been a colossal failure. The communities of color are under siege. It's a disenfranchised population that has not been effectively represented. And they're getting the results they want. So to state AGs and governors, hear me. They're removing qualified immunity from cops, basically making it easier to charge them with murder. If you understand the stakes of the game here, guys and women, you're going to push to remove qualified immunity from people like Bob Ferguson, from judges and prosecutors who refuse to prosecute crime, make it easier for victims of crime, including murdered cops, to sue judges and prosecutors who refuse to carry out the law. If a cop making a mistake, and it may have been a procedural mistake, it may have been procedurally not allowed to put this hood over this young man who was so violent and probably because of a drug overdose. Okay, that's a procedural mistake. It's not murder. But standing by as drug cartels take over a state as they have in Washington state, then by your own logic, that's murder. So, Ron DeSantis, Governor Abbott, Christian Ohm, you want to get in the game? Get in the game this way. In your state, if prosecutors and judges refuse to prosecute the law, they can be sued personally. Sued by the victims' families. Back in the day, 2015, Rush Limbaugh took a call from a man who may well represent a majority of black people in his attitudes about Black Lives Matter Incorporated. A police officer who happens to be black and who's absolutely not confused about the true nature of BLM. Howard in Germantown, Maryland. I'm glad you waited, sir. It's great to have you on the program. Hi. Hey, what's up, Russ? No problem to wait, man. The reason I call is I'm a black police officer. So, you know, I get it from all sides in today's world. By definition, the Black Lives Matter group is a hate group. There's no denying that. By definition, they are a hate group. I don't know how anyone could say otherwise. Explain what you mean. A hate group is defined as an organized group or movement, one, which they are, two, which advocates and practices hatred, hostility, or violence against any designated sector of society, which would be police officers. It's cut and dry. 
you're a black police officer, and part of the definition of a hate group is if they practice hatred. Black Lives Matter hates who? They hate police officers. They hate police officers. They hate police I'm sure they hate other groups, but their focus is police officers. They hate police officers. They practice hostility. You don't even have to watch the news. You can look up YouTube videos and see the hostility. I mean, look at what happened in Chicago last week. Right. You got paid protesters yelling in officers' faces, throwing punches. But in the midst of all that, you know, the police are deemed the problem. And people fail to realize that we're oftentimes the only thing standing between order and chaos. Yeah. By the way, you're, you said Germantown, Maryland is where you're yes. from. How close to Baltimore is that? Not far at all. I work with guys who had to go up there during the Freddie Gray riots. So you're a black policeman near the front lines. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've worked in predominantly black areas. I worked in predominantly white areas. So, And the thing is, police officers, we don't, you know, as much as people think we discriminate, we don't. And when, when you see an officer putting somebody in handcuffs and fighting, guess what? There's no way to make that look pretty. It looks horrible. We'll admit that. But it doesn't mean we're wrong in what we did. But when you blast them on the news and then you show, you know, the mother of the kid who was arrested or shot, we look like the bad guy. So it's all doctor to make you look like, you know, you're just the enemy. I mean, it's hard to not feel like you're part of the most hated group in America right now. I mean, we know it's not true, but that's how you're made to feel. Officers feel like we are just hated. It was frustrating because I've seen firsthand Black Lives Matter people who are 100% affiliated who throw bottles, who hold up signs saying, you know, all my favorite heroes kill officers, you know, and it's like, you know, we don't deserve that. I understand that there have been instances in history where officers have acted out of the line of duty. I will never deny that. Howard, I'm glad you called. The thing I wanted to say to you was the police in this country are becoming very close to the military in terms of the way the American people respect you. You really are in the front lines. You really are, and you're up against it in a domestic situation rather than on foreign territory as the military is. But the thing that you have in common is that the current administration is attempting to make the police in this country the enemy. They are tagging and categorizing the police as the provocateurs. And they're using incidents in these cities to take over these police departments, the Justice Department, with their various consent decrees, demanding that uh, police departments accede to whatever the Justice Department thinks policing ought to be if they are to maintain accreditation and get federal funding and so forth. And so you work in a job now that has been targeted by your country's own government as a problem. And it's got to be unnerving. Here you are out trying to keep peace. We know what police officers do. We know what you're up against. And now you're being tagged as the provocateurs. And I'm just telling you, Howard, that there are a lot of people in the country sympathetic and on your side about this that you may never know. Because the news media joins with the administration in the way people like you are reported on as you go about and do your job. So I'm glad you're there and I'm glad you called. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks so much. An update on the statistics from Team EIB. There have been 128 cops shot this year, 28 killed this year. <laughs> we come back, we'll get to phone calls, much more on Russia's program, plus this. What if there was an iPhone and Google phone app? 
that we could create to push to leftists to say, hey, you know what? Why don't you live in your cop-hating reality? Got an idea for an iPhone app that will help change things. We'll talk about that when we continue. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Just this promise, just this idea. We were just talking about the ridiculous defund police movement, which is really just let's have no rules. Because if you don't have rule enforcers or referees, you don't have a game. In the case of a sport like football or basketball, it can turn into pretty quickly a brawl, right? And particularly in a nation of people this level, it turns into brawls. Here's this idea for private enterprise. For status leftists, media members who are saying defund the cops, it's a simple iPhone app. It permanently blocks forever on your iPhone or, or, or Android phone. It blocks 911 calls forever and redirects them to your choice. Cammie Harris's office, a local social worker, or your mom. Just you choose. And this could be something that when people say they want to defund the cops, if, if you're, hey, listen, here's the app. Download it. Put it. It's irreversible. Forevermore, you cannot call 911. I think that that could, in fact, save the police time because just no people who don't want them there. And it'd be a moneymaker, potentially. Sold it, right? And hey, of course you got to buy it. We're going to give the money to a charity. Speaking of the economy, as we're watching in this now post-Fauci email world, we're seeing, coming out of these emails, BuzzPo and, uh, and uh, you know, not BuzzPo, BuzzFeed and Washington Post got, we're seeing that Fauci was, in fact, the architect of the lockdowns. We're seeing Fauci saying to the, the, the people in the media saying, is it true that you're not allowed to talk to us without Trump's permission? And Fauci writing back, in this case, to NPR saying, no, it's not true. That's been really wildly taken out of context, which means Fauci ran everything. And we're seeing the lies and the constant lies. It's not just the lives lost. Fauci should, we should lose his qualified immunity. He should be in line for the economic losses, which are going to be generational. As all these small businesses snuffed from existence with a lockdown that did nothing medically. Right? Despite, and, and also with the backup that Fauci knew that asymptomatic transmission was not a driver. He's always known that. Right? He should be on the line for these, the economy. But this is what they're voting for. They're voting for Biden, whose handlers said you got to promise to destroy the oil and gas industry here, but not in Russia. Well, because, you know, Biden's kid in Russia and they're all close and such and got to keep that going. Let's talk to Ken in Merrill's Inlet, South Carolina. Ken, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. Todd Herman, your guide host this week. Welcome, Ken. Todd, thank you very much. And I've talked to you before, but you know what? You were talking earlier uh, about the oil and the gas industry. So I called in, and I've never heard anybody talk about this before. But, you know, these Democrats, they're so, so hell-bent at getting rid of gas and oil really quick. Uh, what are we going to drive? <laughs> especially, especially now, now, well, okay. No, no. Out here. Hear Yo, me I, out here. I, okay? I follow you. Yeah, okay. So well, when's the last time you were on a used car lot and saw a used Tesla? Okay. <laughs> If you're a poor person, if you are a poor person in this country, you better think twice about voting for a Democrat. Because I got to tell you something. I've been looking at prices just since I've been waiting, you know, to to get on with you. Uh, I found a 2014 Tesla Model S85. It's in your hometown, Seattle. It's got 72,000 miles on it about. 
And you know what? It's only $32,988. You can have it for $547 a month. Okay? Uh, And believe me, I mean, isn't that a deal? If you're poor in this country and they want to get rid of gas and oil, you're sunk. Well, understand something. You know, you are. But understand this. The the plans that the big automakers have, and they're mobbed up with the party. The big automakers are part of the party. They're part of, hey, let's get to the China model because there's more money in it for us. They don't want us to own cars anymore. Cars are going to be for the super rich. They want us to be part of carpools. They want robot cars to come and pick us up to charge us money to go where they want us to go at the time they want us to go so they can track us. They want a great big system of a grid that are these so-called smart cars you ride in together, and it works like this. It picks you up to take you to work, and it says, the computer says, hi, Ken, welcome. Your card's already been passed through. We've got your facial ID. We've got your COVID passport. We can see that you're not a dirty, filthy leper who didn't get the COVID vaccinations. Then it says, your ride to work, Ken, is going to cost you 120 bucks unless you let us pick up three people on the way. That way, your ride might be two hours. This is what they intend. You can, being a man of means, you might say, well, no, I'm going to have my own car. Great. Your own car is going to have the same behavior. It may have a steering wheel or it may not. But it will tell you, listen, Ken, it's going to be the same rate. And and we're going to go at the time you want us to go. This is the future. It's sitting here in front of us. You think that they want the COVID passports and businesses, but not to control us on the roads. They're saying it. There's even conservative groups, so-called, in Washington state who want to turn over entire freeways to so-called self-driving cars, which are really just government-controlled. Great call, Ken. Great point about the prices. Appreciate it very much. Keith in Alabama, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. Todd Herman, your guide host. Welcome, Keith. Glad you called. Hi. Hey, good to talk to you today. I'm glad to talk to you, and just I was surprised when the phone rang because I tried for years and years to call into Rush, and I never made it. So I'm really glad to be here today. (laughs) Really glad to have you. What's on your mind, my friend? Well... I had a nonprofit here in um, in Alabama, and we do work internationally. And one of the things that Rush said in your conversation today reminded me so much of it is that, you know, the American people are the kindest, most generous people on the face of the planet. And I know that that's true. My a life in, in ministry and now, you know, international work has, has proven that. We do our work through, obviously, public support and volunteerism and people helping us. And, you know, whenever the government is doing what they're doing and depriving people of opportunity, what I see out here is people wanting to help and wanting to go and, and, you know, volunteer, but having a diminished capacity to do so. And it increased greatly under President Trump. You know, it was markedly bad under Obama. It got a lot better People had more. They could give more. They could volunteer more and go more. And now I see the thing tracking the other way uh, with the current economic policies. And, you know, Rush could make a great general statement about the American people that was true, unlike that one that you were talking about earlier about, you know, every white person is a racist, which is right. Sorry. No, it is. (laughs) No, but here's here's some statistics to back this up. Uh, the United States is 5% of the world's population. We've taken in 20% of the world's displaced peoples. That's a form of philanthropy, right? Bringing them to the country where more people have been lifted from poverty within these borders than, than any other country or, frankly, time 
uh, in the world. There's also this. Maybe I'm one of the few people who remember this. But I remember that Barack Obama uh, sought to do away with the tax write-off for charitable donations. And his thinking there, as he said, was, look, we can't have these charitable donations go out and do the things that the government should be doing. Because, of course, they want to control any and all flows of money because it allows them to color it in the sort of kindness they like. In other words, double standards and hidden agendas. And that's never been more true than in what um, Biden's handlers are having him do on the southern border. We'll talk about that as we continue. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Really appreciate you and uh, just to be part of the Rush family with you and all these times getting to sit behind this microphone. Absolute life topper for me. Really is. It is 800-282-282 if you want to join us. Rush's wisdom at RushLimbaugh.com. Rush 24-7. Piles of it. Decades of it. Politicians love to make things super complicated. Well, immigration, it's, there's, there's lots of nuance to this. We have international treaties and... We want to be taken seriously in the international community, and we must have respect from uh, the U.N. and others, and so we need to act in regard to this, and there's this compassion, and people just, okay, great, let's simplify. We're 5% of the world's population. We've taken in 20% of the world's displaced peoples. We provide more official and unofficial aid, even on an income-adjusted per capita basis than any nation on earth. And the people who run Joe Biden have canceled Trump's stay in Mexico plan. So, question. Let's simplify. There's a lifeboat in the world. The United States made a lifeboat because of our system. Small government, big people. Pursuit of happiness, life, liberty, and. Right? A voluntary exchange of goods and services. Rules applied as equally as possible, knowing that we're flawed human beings. For these reasons, people have flocked here. The left, let's make sure that the rules are applied unequally. Let's make sure that people fight amongst themselves with race. The left, let's make sure that we take the world's lifeboat and flood it with people. Question, how many people does it take to flood a lifeboat to the point where it's no longer a lifeboat, but instead an anchor? It's not an accusation against the people who want to come here. Folks understand why they want to do that. It's an accusation against the people who are enabling it. And look, Rush talked about how the Remain in Mexico program was taking the place of catch and release. And now Biden's handlers are reversing that back to what it was under Obama. Immigration. Have you wondered what became of the caravans? There was a period of time last year where you couldn't open a newspaper, turn on cable news without hearing about all these gigantic caravans. Massive numbers of Central American people fleeing They're native countries trying to get into the United States. The Democrats were out there showing pictures, supposedly, of Trump putting kids in cages. The pictures were actually from 2014, the Obama administration. There are massive things that have already taken place in immigration. Nobody knows about it because they're not being reported on. It's ultimately going to be the job of the Trump administration or campaign to publicize these things. But let me just give you an example. Do you know that catch and release has ended? You didn't know that. There is no more catch and release. This was an Obama administration and in many administrations prior to it was a favorite. Catch and release was tantamount to admitting we can't control it. Okay, so they get in illegally and we'll catch them and then we'll just release them. And we've 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 obeyed the law. We we have we've caught people behaving but we haven't deported them. Catch and release. You know what's happening? 
In the old days, catch and release would result in the people being caught being released into the interior of the country to get lost. To then take up residence in the quote-unquote shadows. And to be part of this mysterious numbers of millions supposedly someday seeking amnesty. Well, those people are not being released anymore because there is no more catch and release. And it's widely known. One of the reasons there is not this everyday gigantic mass of humanity at the border is because they know getting in does not automatically mean they're going to be released to get lost. The numbers of illegal immigrants getting into the country is way down, and it's happened without a wall, without a physical wall. The president has also succeeded in negotiating new deals with Mexico and the Central American countries where they have pledged to help stop illegal immigration. Have you heard of it? There's a program called Remain in Mexico. You know what it is? It means anybody from Central America, El Salvador, Guatemala, traveling through Mexico to get here stays in Mexico. Mexico is no longer sending them north without obstruction. And this program, the Remain in Mexico program, has sent 60,000 illegal aliens back to Mexico, where they are awaiting immigration hearings, not here in the United States. And this is big, and it has been happening for a while. It doesn't get reported, obviously. It's happening, in a sense, under the radar, even though it's not. I know about it. It's not happening under the radar. Mexico is doing... Mexico, you can see, they're doing more to solve illegal immigration, finally, than Congress is. And you haven't heard a word about it. The president's having successes like these throughout in an election year, and you're going to be hearing about this as the days and weeks, months unfurl. And it's being reversed, and the crowds are back. Of course they are, because everybody thinks there's room for them in the lifeboat, right? And this is having a direct, trackable results. Let me give you an example from the separate country of Washington State. There was a, a, a house that housed foster families, kids who'd been through very, very traumatic circumstances in their life and have been in this house and government funded that taxpayers funded it. The bosses came along and said, you need to get out of this house right now because we're going to put illegal immigrants in it. Now, does my metaphor of the lifeboat stand up? I'm not saying that the young people who are brought to this country have lives that are worth less than people who are already here. I'm saying, as we talked about in the last segment, about defund the police. Let's not pretend we have rules. Let's not pretend the Democrats want rules. Let's not pretend the Democrats aren't seeking chaos. And how that helps families, I'll never know. How chaos helps families, right? How does it even help them stay united? You know? Look, I bet that there's a fair number of families who are united for the first time in this last year. Over this past Memorial Day weekend, family get-togethers can often yield great memories and turn into just great pictures in your mind or otherwise. These days when that's happening, someone reaches for their iPhones and they start recording video. That's a lot different than the videotape cameras of the past. Now, how do you access those memories again? Rush has the answer. Ladies and gentlemen, families get together. There are almost always memories that are created. Now, you might, well, come on, Rush, that's... Automatic. I mean, 
unforgettable memories. Families get together all the time, but at, at gatherings, uh, things happen. Members of the family age, pass away, but those memories remain. They've been collected on videotape, movie, film, whatever. The problem is nobody's seen them in years because nobody has the ability to play VHS video, Betamax video, Super 8 film. But most families have boxes of that stuff going way, way back, even when, uh, when slide projectors were a thing back in the 60s and 70s. So you have all these great memories, the best of times, captured in video or photo form long ago, and nobody can see them. But there is a way now, and it's called Legacy Box. Legacy Box, a company in Tennessee, and they have been digitally transferring all of these old family memories and whatever. I mean, it doesn't have to be family members. It can be anything you've got that you can't watch anymore that's on Super, Ma- Super VHS or Betamax or what have you. They do it. They do it inside of two weeks. What happens is you you go online to LegacyBox.com slash Rush. They'll send you a box that's shielded and protected. You put all the stuff that you've got that you want digitally transferred in it and send it to them. In two weeks, they give you progress reports along the way. In two weeks, it all comes back. In whatever format you want. If you want it on a DVD, you'll get it on a DVD. If you got it on a thumb drive, you'll get it on a thumb drive. If you want a digital download, you can do that. But the point is, you get all that old stuff that nobody has seen in years, and now you can copy it for everybody. You can edit it. More importantly, you have it, and it is immediately accessible. Legacy Box, best equipment known to exist in humanity. High-speed dubbing, maintaining original quality. Start the process for your family. It's LegacyBox.com slash Rush. And you'll save 40%. First time you do this, 40% off the plan you choose. LegacyBox.com slash Rush. It's Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network, 800-282-282. It's always a joy to chat with you. We were talking about Maggie Haberman as a representative of the Mockingbird Media class. Mockingbird Media means that these people repeat and amplify the words of technocrats, statists, and leftists without adding even an ounce of skepticism. They just, they're just they amplifiers and repeaters. So now that we are this far into Joe Biden being the figurehead above this country behind this militarized installation in Washington, D.C., another active theater, We can finally talk about the origins of COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2, which can lead to COVID-19. That's one. Number two, the stories about Hunter Biden, they're not containable any longer. We have the British press reporting that emails show that, yeah, in fact, Joe Biden did attend meetings. The big guy did show up. To help his son grift monies from foreign sources like Ukraine, like Russia, like China. For all keeping track, Joe Biden has decided to make gas more expensive in the United States by shutting down the Keystone Pipeline. And decided at the same time to make it more affordable in Russia by dropping our sanctions against their pipeline. This is all beginning now to be in uncontainable, but largely from the foreign press. The New York Post does have a piece about the damning evidence 
that continues to come out of Hunter Biden's laptop. Oh, by the way, that was, in fact, Hunter Biden waving out of Marine One. He's still using it. Last time was nine days ago, May 22nd, 2021. Can we all recall the panic from the from the Mockingbird media about the emoluments clause? Breaking news tonight out of Washington, D.C. Questions about the constitutionality of President Trump's visitors staying in his hotels. I'm in. The emoluments clause at risk. Democracy at risk. And we're back live, believe it or not. So what was I saying? Democracy at risk. Okay, I don't have phones. So I know we were going to talk to a caller. We had a little bit of a tech problem, and I shouldn't be releasing that in there, but we have. So bring me a phone call, if we can. Jeffrey, North Miami Beach, Florida, save this program. Welcome, Jeffrey, to the Rush Limbaugh program. Todd Herman, your guide host. Go ahead, Jeffrey. Welcome, Todd. Thank you very much for uh, answering the call. First of all, let me get right to it. The the police officers are being in the white, and I mean in white, and the blue states are just being destroyed. Yep. What Donald Trump should do is down in Mar-a-Lago, throw the biggest black tie ball for all the police officers and and law enforcement in the United States. Get Judge <laughs> Janine Pirro. Get Judge yes. Janine Pirro as. Uh, uh, you know, as head of everything, you know, the, and then get Fox for three hours, all right, on a on a Sunday night. That's Sunday, a Saturday night. I'm sorry. I will guarantee, not guarantee, but anyhow, I I'd say that average viewership that night for that um, ball would be at least sixty million people. Oh, there's no doubt. Well, maybe what they should do is, you know, there's Mar-a-Lago. Maybe they should have part A there for the cops, and then part B, Trump could get the, I know he's repainting Trump 1 or whatever he calls it, and fly that down to the southern border and have a welcome party and a thank you party for the DHS officers. It's a great idea, Jeffrey. Thank you for jumping in on the phones. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Todd Herman, your guide host this week on the EIB Network. Network. Is it possible? We'll have to explore this uh, for tomorrow's program. I'm reading, and we've done a preliminary look through the press conference that Jen Circleback Saki held. And it appears, it, it appears quite possible that Jen Circleback Saki was not asked a single question about Tony Fauci's emails. Now, if, if, that's not the case. We'll tell you that. But I'm reading now three sources that are pretty trustworthy. And we did a quick glance through the transcripts and the reports. If that occurred, there can be no excuse other than a bunch of people in the Mockingbird media having meetings on how do we spin this? What do we say? I think there's a reason God gave us speech. Right in in my faith structure, there's a very very profound thing around the idea of the word, and I do think the word can save. I also think this that our words, believe it or not, may be the thing that save this country. Such as I will not pretend to be a racist by virtue of my skin color. Such as I will not pretend that Tony Fauci wasn't lying. 
such as, I will not cede my ability to speak truth as I see it, even in the face of SJW bullying. Much more to continue tomorrow on the EIB Network. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 